When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, a happy afternoon. Hope you're doing well out in the backyard. Um, Issaquah, enjoying uh, some sun. Um, I just got off the phone talking to uh, Northern Arizona football uh, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach Aaron Flugrad. Uh, about to jump on with him. Can't wait to talk. I knew Aaron because Aaron's dad uh, coached me at Washington State uh, early 2000s, and um, that's how I met Aaron when he was a young guy uh, playing for Pullman High School football, won a, won a state championship. I'm just I'm just reliving how you won a state championship as a junior at Pullman High School. Yeah, no, those those are the good days back then, tagging along with you guys. With yeah, the Cougs, man. So you had a bunch of Cougs down here. We got uh, Coach Conley, Coach Price, obviously my dad, Coach Ball. So a, bu- a bunch of former Cougs, man. It's awesome. I love it. When you think about Cougs, it's always family. No doubt. And, uh, no doubt about and, it. And, and we like to talk about family stands for forget about me, I love you. I love it. And I love it. All those names that you mentioned, man, they, they, they just love people. They love the game. So – Excited to see your career being the OC. So maybe talk about how did you decide to be a coach? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, well, a lot like you, I, I uh, grew, grew up around it and, and, and knew I wanted to be an athlete and seeing guys like yourself and, uh, you know, a lot of great receivers come through, Wazoo and uh, Coach Levy there. I thought I was going to – do everything I could. I said, Hey, I'm going to go play in the NFL. And, um, that didn't work out for very long, but really the change happened in me, uh, at Arizona state, I became a Christian and, um, really just realized this guy, this life isn't about, isn't our own, but about, you know, glorifying God and serving other people. And I'm like, I got a coach, you know, this is what I know. This is what I grew up around. And this is the best way to, Uh, have an impact in other people's lives. So I knew I had a coach at that point. And again, something I resisted early on because I uh, um, always thought of myself as a player and almost got offended at people who said, Hey, you're going to be a good coach, that type of thing. And, and, um, and also just seeing it having to move around uh, quite a bit growing up. I didn't think it was something I wanted to do, but now I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So what, what do you say you like most about coaching? Just the impact, uh, impact you can have on a young person's life. Um, just the day-to-day stuff. Grew up around it. It's, it's what I know. You know, I've always been a part of the team and um, always hanging out. And it's just crazy to think, hey, people pay me to do this now. You know, and uh, that's nuts. Isn't that it, a cool feeling? Where you're like, man, I feel like a fraud. I get paid to do this. No doubt. Like no you doubt. get to pay me to go on on Saturdays and all the hard work, but all the fun, all the engagement with the kids, changing lives, connecting, being part of a, of a unit together. There's nothing like Saturdays in the fall. Nothing. No all the recruiting, 
all the travel. You do it because of Saturday. So let, let's just talk about, you know, what, what are kids dealing with right now from, from your perspective, leading young men? Let's, it's different kind of when we were going through the ranks. Talk about the Instagram, like huddle, like seeing video, recruiting, like image, uh, fear of, you know, how you look, messing up, like just this social image. Like we look at numbers of like stress or so up, like having, you know, just, it's a different world now. So how do you address that? Like, how do you connect with, with, the, with these kids now? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. You know, studies show that uh, how, how much more uh, depression and, and those type of things with how, how much time you spend on social media. And I think it's a good tool and obviously stay connected, but we're, it's a generation that's the most disconnected it's ever been. So uh, we, we really pride ourselves in just developing those authentic relationships with our players where they can come to us with anything, any troubles that they're having. And then it's really important just to develop that on the team. And so it's not what people on the outside or with social media say, but just more about, um, you know, developing that respect and camaraderie amongst your teammates. And so that's really big. And that's even as simple as, you know, when we're having a, a get together, you know, uh, um, cooking out the house or something, we'll do, we'll bring out this little black box and everybody will just put their phone away and enjoy each other's time and really getting to know each other. And uh, I think it's about developing those authentic relationships where, um, you know, it's not about um, what you do on the field because we explain to our Come guys on. that, that uh, listen, you know, if, if you, if you're scoring touchdowns and me as offense coordinator, if we're scoring a bunch of points and winning games and people love you, if you're not, then they don't. And, and we're in an entertainment profession. And so not letting that get to your head and just more focused on the process and also just how you view failure. Yeah, that's going to be difficult and people might shred you on social media, that type of thing. But that's the only time you're really growing. And, um, you know, I, I look back to when I was a player and uh, similar to you, you know, I, I was the guy that, uh, you know, knew the playbook well, was known for my sure hands, everything like that. But I, I knew I knew that I couldn't make a mistake, you know, and playing in the Pac-12, that there's a guy that runs a 4-3 or a 6-5 guy behind me. I can't make a mistake. And so that was really uh, – that was difficult and something that I've really – realize that I don't want to have my players um, have when they're out there is feel a failure and that, uh, oh man, if, if, if I fail, I'm going to get pulled out or send the world. And, and I, that was really hard as far as just feeling that I had to be perfect when I was playing. And so we try to take the fear of failure out of it and really just motivate through love. And then also what we point out on a daily basis, we're going to point out what we want and the great things that the guys are doing and, hey, you want to play and you want to be an All-American, do these type of things, this is what you got to do. And so really highlighting those on a daily basis yeah. with our guys because it's easy yeah. to attack them for, for doing the wrong stuff. But it's, hey, you guys keep making mistakes. We're going we're gonna to correct it. And, and it's more about uh, being out there and playing free. Yeah, and a few things off of said some great stuff there. I love this concept. Relationships win championships. No doubt, no doubt. It's relationships, it's the brotherhood, it's the trust, it's that connection, it's that bond. And the other thing is, when you're stepping on that field, is your mindset programmed to avoid failure or to go make something happen? No I doubt. Think my no thought, doubt. back return a punt or 
it's we're running spread 590 pit or something or i'm thinking don't drop it don't <laughs> right, right. instead of how can i get open how can i make a play right so right. if i was coaching my younger self i was like just like you talked about process over outcome um focus on the present moment um focus on what you want and not what you don't want because the no brain's doubt. a magnet what you focus on you will find if you focus on you're creating a neural pathway an image of failing and and being having some grace like you would have grace for a teammate having grace for yourself as long as you're going a thousand miles per hour your heart's in it your your soul's in it and you and you mess up like the best performers mess up but the best performers can press the reset button and get back on track fast right, not right. that one play turn into like a bad series of bad games so that, that's phenomenal so if you could coach up your younger self aside from asking the question why did you not wear gloves um <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Flu is just gangster with it. You don't need gloves. <laughs> uh, what, what would, what would, what lessons would, would you, would you teach yourself? I mean, you kind of mentioned some of it, but I think that's great because yeah. you coached, but you played. I mean, you were with the Eagles for a little bit. You had some time right. up there, and you played. You know, in the the one of the best conferences in in, in the country. Yeah, no, I, yeah, the, the no gloves. I mean, that goes back to the Levy days, man. You got it. So you can you feel it. Feel so I feel ball. like those. Those new Nike gloves, how many one-handed catches are we seeing now that we never no saw? No it's, a, it's a competitive advantage, but hey, whatever makes you, whatever makes you, makes it going. It doesn't matter if it, if you like no gloves, then come on. Yeah, you got you gotta you gotta stay true to who you are, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but no, going back to that, and then also just, um, you know, I, I think just having the positivity, and a lot of that goes back to my faith and knowing that God's got a plan. Uh, to prosper you and, and give you hope in the future. Cause there were times when in, in college, and, and I think it's for a lot of athletes where, you know, you're the star player growing up as everybody is, you get there. And then all of a sudden you're sitting on the bench and my freshman year, I played a lot at the university of Oregon. And then my sophomore year, I sat on the bench and I was embarrassed and I didn't know how to handle it. And I wanted to blame a bunch of other people instead of just, I wasn't playing as well as I did as a freshman, you know, and, and really taking the accountability and today with the transfer portal. And I think a lot of times you think that you're going to transfer or go somewhere else and all your problems are going to be solved, but they're, but they're not. And so I think the main thing is just really focusing on growth. And in those times, you know, my sophomore year, I didn't, I didn't play very much, but looking back on it, I could add an attitude of growth and attitude of my opportunity is going to come, you know, and it did come. And so more focused on, on the habits and what I can do to serve and what I can do to grow and what I can do to continue to develop the skills that it takes to be really good um, instead of uh, getting down uh, because that, that's, that was something that I had never really experienced before. And a lot of people that go to college, it you know, that's the first time they experience, you know, you're used to being the star and then all of a sudden, what, I'm red shirting or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm four string, but really just focusing on that growth and how can I add value and what can I bring? And the greatest thing about college football is that you work hard at it um, for long enough and, and, and stay focused on it. You're going to get an opportunity. And I think that's with anything in life. You know, you work hard, yeah. hard at it for long enough and uh and on a daily basis and create those habits at some point you're going to get an opportunity and then are you going to be ready or not have you been preparing or have you have you been complaining and and not getting after it 
because the opportunity is going to come. It really is. Yeah. And you know what I think is also really critical, especially like a college athlete, is like self-image, like getting your worth tied to performance and outcome instead of your faith or in, instead of, you know, your gratitude, your effort, your attitude, teammate, you know, growth instead of being perfect progress, not, not perfection, uh, process, not, not the prize. I think my biggest bugaboo was my worth was attached to the outcome. If I performed well, I was worthy. If I didn't, I was worthless. So you probably, your self-image was rocked that sophomore year. You probably felt like your worth of the world was nothing. So it's like having anchors like your faith, having anchors in your like values, having anchors in I'm going to value growth over outcome and assessing was I present uh, in that moment? Was I courageous? Did I lean into fear in that moment? Did I give everything and grow? outcome catches numbers playing time whatever that's that's the wrong stuff that we should we should measure right right and i think it's also you know just really having the courage in that failure and, and when things aren't going well to press on and to overcome that because everybody has failure you know i i think about it washington state all those great receivers and any receiver i played with or coached everyone's going to have a game where they're struggling with drops i remember jason hill i think it was against Idaho his senior year. And this is a guy that gets drafted and wouldn't a cough watch list and all that. But he was, you know, just, just with all the expectations and everything, had a bunch of drops. But are you able to overcome that and understand that everybody goes through failure? And so it's more when those uncomfortable stages, that's when you know you're growing. And, hey, I dropped a pass, but I'm going to go back out there and make the next play. And I didn't really understand that mentality because if I dropped it, I knew I was getting taken out. You know, so uh, being able to uh, fail forward and, and grow through uh, grow through your failures is really important. This is my thought. Why are we so consumed how we look? No Don't doubt. you say that that the biggest challenge of a program is this concept? I'm trying to look cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so how do you get kids to be vulnerable? How do you get kids to to be real and, and just stop the image thing? Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of it is relationships, and then also um, as a leader, being authentic and and taking them through stories. Like sophomore year at Oregon, we're playing Stanford, and I I drop a ball, and then I I fumble a ball. I got the ball two times, and I drop one, and I fumble, and um, terrible performance. But how do you bounce back from that? You know, and because uh, I think a lot of times kids that are focused on that image, it's because the people around them haven't uh, admitted their mistakes or shown them their vulnerability or shown them the challenges that they went through, but it takes relationship to get there. And once that relationship's established and um, being able to come to you with anything that's going on in their life or, or struggles, because as college students, there's just so many things going on nowadays um, that they got to have yeah. someone that they can be real with. That's it. And you got uh, one of your rivals, Call me, even though I'm on like uh, do not disturb. But anyway, I was going to say, uh, Jason Johnson, former quarterback, Arizona, is saying, boss, he's giving you some love. So even though you're a sun devil. Um, <laughs> Appreciate it. Maybe a few more questions. I'd love to kind of shift gears to, to but like we're talking about really mindset and culture. I love right. to say shape your culture or your culture shapes you. No doubt. So whether you know it or not, you have culture 
Mm-hmm. So I would love to, what, what are your guys' values? What are your guys' pillars? How do you create culture in your guys' staff? I mean, that's another thing. I, I think right. thing about like teamwork, it's not who you can win with. It's who can you lose with as a staff? No doubt. To stay connected, stay the path. You know, we don't agree, but can we talk it the right through it the right way? You know, uh, who's the alpha? Whose idea are we going to use? I mean, there's just so much happening right. in that staff, but then bringing that culture to your guys' team, there's a hundred kids. They're, 18 19 20 years 21 years old so how are you bringing culture in in in, in your guys and coach ball is a great human too i think that that starts right? yeah yeah so so that's been big um in this process because obviously uh coach ball coming in here a year back and really getting to see that but uh, like you said it starts with the staff and ap and my dad and coach conley coach ball those are guys that i've known since i was 11 years old and i never thought i'd be the one as far as the coordinator uh, of that group, you know, guys I've really looked up to as coaches for a lot of years. And our defensive coordinator, Coach Partridge, was actually college roommates with Coach Ball. So a lot of it co- goes back to that and being able to have those relationships where guys can be authentic and real and say how they really feel and then um, do whatever they need, do whatever they need to do or say what they need to say to make our program and team better. And so I think that's really important that people – feel like, hey, this is a family and, and, and we can say what we need to say and um, not offend anybody in the process. And then team-wise, uh, I think it always starts with who you bring in. And we, we really evaluate the type of people we bring in here. And, you know, last year uh, we, we had a little bit of a struggle as far as changing that culture. But the freshman class that we had recruited, uh, those guys are phenomenal from a leadership perspective and uh, what they're going to accomplish here in their time. We actually ended up playing uh, 25 freshmen last year because of injuries. And um, fortunately, some, no doubt, no doubt. We, we were able to redshirt quite a few of them, but that's the core of our team and uh, leading by example. But you get what you reward, and we're going to reward guys that um, show up every day and, and work their butt off and, and earn it. And um, we're going to highlight that and celebrate that, and, and that's what we're going to get in our program. And so I have a ton of coach uh, respect for Coach Ball because that took losing some really good players and some all-conference players. Um, but we're going to reward the guys um, that are working hard every day, uh, that are really here serving the team, and who uh, you know are getting after in all aspects of life. So also in the classroom, in the community, and um, highlighting that. But as you know, at Washington State, you know I don't I don't think those teams were you know, the most talented, but because of how tight you guys were as a team and leaders like Jason Gesser and yourself, uh, Jason David, Marcus Trufant could go on and on about the type of leadership that you guys had. And, and again, it didn't, not everybody had to be best friends, but you guys had a lot of respect for each other and had built that, uh, you know, psychological safety where everybody can be themselves and come on, express their opinions and uh, and then go about your business and go and get after the rest of the Pac-10 in the process. I love it. Now, uh, two more questions. Let's let's dig into like how your faith has shaped you as a as a leader and now a husband. Congratulations, newlywed. Oh yeah, Frank, thank you. Yeah, hey, yeah. you're probably liking a COVID quarantine. I get to stay in with my <laughs> newlywed. Let's go talk about your your faith and how it leads you as a as a man, as a husband, as yeah. a, a coach. No doubt. No, I think I think the main thing is just perspective and 
and knowing that uh, you're not in control. And that's big because I'm a little bit of a control freak and uh, trying to control everything, but understand that he's in control. And then, um, you know, just, just your why behind it and um, was able to read the book season of life, which was a great one. But uh, there's a, there's a little riddle in there that says uh, there's a destiny that makes us brothers. None goes his way alone. All that we pour into the lives of others comes back into our own. And so I'm like, man, that's, that's my why in coaching. I'm here to pour into other people. And, uh, you know, I, I live my dream. I, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to run another uh, post route. So I, I got to, you know, te teach others how to do it and, and uh, help, help them accomplish their dreams. And then, um, you know, just as a husband, I'm still, I'm still uh, stepping into it. I need, you, I need your advice on that. But, um, you know, I married a great, great woman, Becca. She's actually a track coach here yeah. at NAU. So she's in the same profession and she gets it. And, and we're really uh, enjoying being, being newlyweds. But I think that was a major factor as well as um, having a common ground on, on, you know, what this relationship is, what it's going to be about and and putting uh, her needs above above my own is what, what we try to yeah. do you know well only advice i would give is I, I would have you draw a triangle i put g in the middle and i'm gonna teach you guys how to be a g put god in the center of your marriage triangle right. is the sign for delta which means change three sides of a triangle father son holy spirit there are three g's you can master in any facet of life especially marriage gratitude being at the foundation grateful for the gifts that your wife has, that life has brought you, that you have just training optimism, training, finding the good, to hunt the good stuff. Now mm -hmm. the rise, the rising side is giving. When you give and serve, that's how you get better. I mean, I love right. the, the scripture, Matthew, Matthew 20, 16, he who was last shall be first. He was last. He was first shall be last. He was last shall be first. Right. So really serving and putting the needs of your spouse and those around you. And then the, the downside is, is, is growth growing. So that's right. how, that's how we get, that's how we get better and just really cultivate our faith in God, gratitude, giving, growing. That's my little sermon on uh, I love advice, it. advice about marriage. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go over with it, uh, with it tonight. <laughs> uh, if, if you had to, if you had to run, if you had to run one route to get open third and nine, what, what would you run for you? Oh man, yeah. Like for your me, best route. Hey, let's let's say let's say we're going like route. we're going we're going yeah. time we're going like time warp. You're going one on one against Marcus Trufant in, in his heyday at Washington State. Yeah, he's a senior. You're a senior. What what route are you gonna run? I'm gonna run a stop route. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push vertical. I'm gonna drive. Levy taught us well, um, continuing all the way through ten yards. So if we stop the film, it looks like I'm going deep. Going to have a radical change at the top. We're right back down my stem, coming to attack the ball with my hands, and then impress coverage. Want a decent release, but I got to keep his shoulder above mine. And I'm going to do a little punch and stroke at the top, encourage him by, throw him off me. So, regardless of the coverage, put on the brake. He's going to fly right by. So, you're going to do a stop route. You're going to press vertical, change the direction, radical change, turn his hips. And that little, as Coach Price, you said, that little wiggle tells me when you're going to break. Exactly. And then they come back downhill. Uh, I would run a 15-yard out probably. I love it. I would start a wide wide split so he thinks inside. I'm going to run inside. I'm going I'm to stem in, and I'm going to snap vertical. 
and then cut back to the out, which means I'm not I'm I'm a four six guy like you. I'm not gonna blaze <laughs> past, but um but last question is yeah. about mental toughness. I have a new online yeah. course teaching people how to be mentally tough. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you? What is your definition of being mentally tough? Yeah, I would say I would say just being able to have the courage uh, to press on in the face of trials and adversity. All right, because it's really easy to be mentally tough or have a great attitude uh, when things are going great, um, when uh, everything's going smooth. But at some point, you're going to have a trial. At some point, some adversity is going to come into your life. And so how do you handle that? Are you going to press on, uh, continue to uh, trust the process and press into what it takes to be great? Are you going to give up or or you can even shrink back, right? Oh, I, I knew I knew it wasn't for me. I knew I wasn't quite good enough, right? Or is it, no, I'm going to do everything I can um, to continue to go through this process and give my very, very best. And I think that's what mental toughness is, is who are you in adversity? Who are you um, in the face uh, of trials? Yeah, I love it. So I have a, a simple definition. It's, it's your response to adversity, yeah. challenge, change, and success. Right. Because sometimes right. success messes with you, too. That's true. That's true. Like I had, like you, I had a good freshman year too. I played a ton. No one thought I was going to play. Didn't redshirt. Punt returner started week five. Sophomore year was like expectation, pressure. Right. right. I have to. Right. I have to. It took me, you know. But and how you had to respond to adversity? Like, do you transfer? Make excuses? Blame people? Do you crumble? Do you let you know again? Like five minutes or one bad rep turn into a, a bad workout or a bad day? So it's that response. E plus R equals O. We can't control the event or the outcome, but 100% you have control of your response. So just training mental toughness of I know who I am. I know what I want. I, I know what I stand for. And I know, oh, what yeah. I, I know what I need to do to get there. So that takes work of doing that internal work and getting that clarity. So when you're in the moment, you don't think. Think less, trust more. And it's more or less doing and more being. Mm-hmm. We like to say they try to beat us. We're trying to be us. Right. Be us. They're trying to beat us. The only competition is us, is me. No doubt. So, bro, man, I love you. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. The best is ahead. And tell those coaches what to do. Tell tell those guys (laughs) what's up. Y'all know we're growing up watching them coach. Now you're the OC. That's phenomenal. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. And if you're old enough, I mean, if you're good enough, you are old enough, right? I love it. Any any final comments? We got – Steve Mortimer, former Coug uh, receiver and baseball player, just just jumped on the uh, <laughs> the show. But any 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 lasting comments? No, I appreciate it, Colin. And again, man, I had a lot of good people to look up to. I remember, uh, for whatever reason, we were staying down in Lewiston for our home games. We were staying down in a hotel in Lewiston, and uh, you know, stay down there before the game. So we had a nice, you know, 30 minute drive up back to Pullman before the game. But I sat next to you and, uh, you know, a guy I modeled my game after, but also now going forward, you know, modeling my life after as far as type of husband, father, and, and the mental training aspect of it, man, can't, can't get enough, enough from you. So really appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude. Grateful for you. Tell your folks, hi, your sister and uh, all the best to coach ball and the staff AP to give it, give AP a big hug for me. I will. I Give will. AP a big help for me. But uh, all right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. See you.